Hello and welcome to the Omega Republic, a radio podcast program for the furry and brony community. I'm your host, Copper Cap. We thank you here, we thank you for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life, where we seek out those in the furry fandom and get to know what it's like to be a furry and or brony, and what they do to make who they are a part of the community. Today, we have Pony Abstract joining us from Illinois. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, we also like to say, before we get started, is how important our trees are to our environment, and that today is a good day to say that we need to help raise awareness and also to help donate towards the cause. Pony Abstract has agreed to help to have his video for every like that this video receives. One dollar will be donated to Team Trees. We thank you for watching and choosing the OR as your place of entertainment. Now let's get to know our friend with us today. For our first Wait. question. <laughs> no, for sorry. First... You good? Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yes. For our first question, how long have you been part of the fandom, be it furry fandom and or brony fandom, and what brought you here? So I've been a part of the Brony fandom for about like a little over five years or around five years. I started back in like 2014 It was um, I just, I was hanging in my friend's basement and they, they kind of showed it to me. And then like, it's just history. Cause I went home and found it on Netflix. I'm like, all right. And it took off from there. So about, I say about 2014 ish. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the summer of 2014, right, right. Um, Right as soon as season four ended and Equestria Girls came out, that was about the time. For the furry fandom, however, I, I'm very new. I kind of just started like a month or so ago. Um, oh. <laughs> barely, yeah, no, like barely even made my Sona. I, I just, I, I still working on his name and everything. So I'm really new to the furry fandom, but the brony fandom I've had place for a while. That's awesome. It's be it new or old to the fandom, the fact that you are now part of such a vast community, it's you have so much to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I often do. I, I love all the uh, different projects and, you know, um, things that I can look forward to with these communities. And, yeah. Now, you said 2014 is when you entered the Brony fandom, correct? Correct. Uh, what... What would you say, I know that you covered this already, but I mean, at any point you could have said that I don't want to be part of this, or I don't know if I really want to join this, and then could have moved on. What, what was the, what was the one, was there one particular, like, trait of the, the, the you know, of this cartoon pony show that just seemed to just, like, inspire you? So you're saying like what kind of kept me around so long? Correct. Okay. Um man, I don't know. I was kind of like as soon as I first watched the show, I I binged watched it um seasons 1 through 4 in like the mm -hmm. span of like a weekend, maybe it may be with a Monday. So that's like that's more than like a season a day. It was literally all I was watching and by the time <laughs> I finished it by the time I finished it, man, I had this like feeling inside of me that like I've never felt before. And I was just like super happy about it. And I was like, dang, everyone, I remember thinking to myself, everyone needs to watch this show. And I had like so much like pride and so much like, um, what's it called? I don't know. I just had like so much pride at that moment. And it kind of just like carried off and carried on. And it, it's just like, over time, I made more of a stance in the community by like creating OCs and role playing and talking with people. You make friends, it becomes more of life. I think the deal that really like put the nail in the coffin for me was when I went to my first convention though, because then I started buying prints and I started like meeting more people and stuff. That's what really sealed the deal for me. But like what kept me here for all these years, like I even ask myself that question a lot of the times because I see people come and go and I think about it, but like, I don't know. It has too much of a place in my heart and my world. 
in my life to like move on right on right on yeah that's so awesome now your first convention of course was the last BronyCon, i believe was it not uh no actually um that was my first big convention i've, I've been to winning city PonyCon um several times that was my first oh okay okay mm-hmm. uh I'm not. I'm not too. Fun, I'm not too familiar with that. That is, you said the, Windy Winnie City. Yeah, Winnie Winnie City Pony Con. It's out in um Chicago, and it's like, it's it's a smaller convention. I'd say around like nine hundred to a thousand attendees. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like right around like the April, and that's kind of like my home con. So I go there every year. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Awesome. But you did also have the privilege to attend the last BronyCon as well. And I will never forget it, man. Dude, that was... Um, did you go, by the way? No, I unfortunately did not have the opportunity. Uh, I wish I did. No. Yeah, no. It was like... every. I remember thinking Thursday. Um, a- after Thursday was over, I remember remind- reminding myself that, dang, this is only Thursday. Because, like... Within the first like day, it felt like a whole convention almost, and I was like just blown away by that. <laughs> so no, it was like some really um, it was it was unforgettable, man. I I don't know. I had several performances there, and that's when I really got into the, like, I got to meet my um, you know, SFTH, um, the guys I perform with. That's when I really first got mm-hmm. to meet them, and that was really cool. So, it was just a blast. I'll never forget that con. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, for those of you watching also, there will there is a link in the description that you can click on and check him out. He does have a recording of his performance at the last BronyCon that you can watch at any time, and hopefully you will enjoy it as much as I did. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, question two. I mean, we kind of led into this one. Uh, what do you, what do you do towards contributing to the fandom, such as movies, music, art, charity? Um. Cetera, so, <laughs> yeah. So this is a really interesting question because ever since I joined the fandom, and this kind of draws back to your um, original question of what keeps me in the fandom, I've always felt like I wanted to contribute. Like I've always seen something on YouTube or some type of animation or maybe a fanfic or music or something because there's so much creativity and there's so much different like various types of art. I've always wanted to um, contribute in some way and I've always felt the need to do that in some way just because it's given me so much I wanted to give back if that makes any sense. I don't know. But um, yeah, so I thought about it for a long time and recently, not recently, but like a year or two ago. I decided maybe I can start doing music because like my entire life I've been rapping like not in, okay that's a not my entire like pretty much since <laughs> I was 12 let's put it that way for a long time I've been rapping I've had a big passion in music and I had this um newer at the time not newer anymore passion for MLP um and I thought you know I'm going to do two things that I'm crazy about and just put them together. I'm gonna rap about My Little Pony. And and then, you know, I put out my first song and met my group and it's kind of took off from there. But like, I've, I contribute, um, I like to, I like to add like the pony vocals and I like to make my music feel like it's actually MLP when I make it. So I, I've always wanted to add some type of like, some type of media to the fandom, and I feel like that's what I'm doing now. Right on. Would yeah, you say sorry if that was all over the place. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Yeah. Would you say that, you, I mean, the song that you sang in your video, you, you, of course, you titled it F.I.M., um, would you say that you're going to continue to write songs like that for the, fan, the Brony fandom as well? Yeah, I got lots of projects. I Honestly, I have, like... 15 songs just sitting around on my desktop like as of now just because (laughs) just because i have this album i'm trying to put together but i always have this big problem of like i always have this big problem of like criticizing my stuff too much 
I don't put it out because I don't think it's good enough. I want to. I want it to sound good enough first, and before I'm confident enough to like really throw it out there. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard thing to get over, especially for those who take pride in what they do, and it's something that hopefully it doesn't hinder you from achieving your goals. Exactly. I've had that problem before in the past where I had like a whole album, twenty songs done and it over the span of like two or three years it was when i was like really like coming up in music and it, it never saw the light of day because it sat around and collected dust for so long that most of the songs became outdated <laughs> you know so i i know how that is it sucks yeah. yeah the important thing is is that you are still trying to make content don't let this stress get to you to where you just give up because if you give up then you'll always have regrets if you put out content that's even subpar and you don't fully, fully feel satisfied with it, at the very least, you will have put out the content. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely something that I've, I've had to learn the hard way, rather, but still, mm-hmm. you know, from that from that project. I honestly I feel like I, I look I look back at it like I was looking back at that actual project. It was going to be called Outsiders. It was more of like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look back on it and I was like, dang, I wrote this. This was actually pretty good. <laughs> and when back then it was like, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking back on it like, I th- that's actually better than I thought it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. Just don't let doubt get the better. Yeah. You. I feel like we, you... oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like we trailed from the original question. What did you originally ask? <laughs> No, actually, we pretty much stayed right with it. It's just, what do you do towards contributing to the fandom? And of course, right. music. Music is pretty much your passion, your drive towards yes. the fandom. Because, I mean, if if you're anything like me, you can't draw worth a darn. <laughs> I've tried several times, because I thought, you know what, if I start now, in four years, maybe I'll be amazing. And I've tried... <laughs> what- I I was at a point where I was trying to draw a pony a day and it worked for a week. And then it's, it just, it just, you know, yeah, I've tried, but then that's when I realized music, you know, that's where I'm at. To each their own. An artist, Mm -hmm. there are artists who can't sing and there are singers who can't draw. That's an interesting statement because I feel like everyone can do both. It just depends on what Mm -hmm. you put your time and, and your like passion towards. Like you, mm-hmm. you can argue, I'm going to start with art. Everyone, if they, you know, like, oh, what was that? What was that quote? I'm a quote Macklemore. He said, um, the greats weren't great because they learned how to, or because they were born knowing how to paint. The greats were great because they paint a lot. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really about how, how much you put your time and effort towards something, which is why I tried to become an artist. It just didn't stick for me. But um, the same thing with singing, you'd be surprised. I feel like everyone can sing to some extent. When people say they can't sing, I I don't believe that anymore because I've learned that if you understand your vocals and how they work, then I think you can like manage to sing something. Like maybe you can't sing the same note that this is hitting. Like you can't hit a high note, but you can hit that low note. You know, Mm -hmm. like I that's something really important in music I discovered about myself is that like because I I never thought I could sing, but I listened to a lot of Frank Ocean and I try to sing it (laughs) and I learned that I actually can sing. Cause I can hit some certain lower notes. So that's what I, that's what I, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there for everyone that doesn't think they can sing. Just learn your vocals, you know, maybe you can. Right on. Mm-hmm. You, you say about singing lows, would you say you're more of a bass then? In your opinion, of course. Um, yeah, I learned that from rapping because rap is taking an interesting turn in, in current day. It's taking a more melodic turn. So I do a lot more melodic experiments and, and different flow searches. So like, um, man, what's the song I can, like, I'm trying to think if I could give an example. I, I don't hit like really low, but I can't hit really high. I'm like a lower medium. So it's like, okay. I know what I can do though. It's like, uh, so wait, it's, yeah. that'd be a tenor, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's um, soprano, t- um, tenor, and and is it like low male? I don't remember. I learned this from audio programs. 
Yeah, uh, starting from highest to lowest, it would be alto, soprano, tenor, and then bass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of figure out where you're at, and I think anyone can sing, um, just, yeah. like, learning your vocals. Of course. Same with art. <laughs> right on. I know that you prob I know that you mentioned you wish to skip this question earlier, but I'd like to go ahead and ask it just to see where we can take That's this. That's cool. Yeah. Um, we I know that you are a suitor, but I, and I know also know that you're working out your character. But are there mm -hmm. any preferences that you might do in towards making a suit in the future? So right or now all I can talk about about my um, sona is the ideas I currently have for him. So like, right now I'm even looking at it like as I'm saying this, like I have this little sheet um, and I was just sketching him out and I sketched like a head ref, it's like a headshot. And I basically just have a headshot of him right now and the idea like in my mind. And I'm thinking about calling him Silver Paws, but I feel like it's a little generic. I'm not sure though. Um, yeah, but he's going to be a cheetah. I'd say about 70% cheetah, 30% wolf. And I know wolf is overused, but I have a real reason for it. Like when I was a kid, I used to actually genuinely believe I was a werewolf. Like mm. to the point where I convinced all my friends and I started a pack. And I literally <laughs> like used to howl out my window like at nighttime. <laughs> but I was like in fourth grade, so I mean, it's excused. I mean, but anyway, no, I, I legitimately had that wolf spirit in me. So I thought I'd throw some wolf in with the cheetah, and I just love cheetahs. I love cheetahs. I can't explain it. I just do. <laughs> so he's a cheetah. Um, Silver Paws might be his name. Maybe in the future I'd, I'd try to commission a, a suit of him, just in the distant future. Um, but, you know, step after step, I got to get mm -hmm. that ref first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. That's... That's that's interesting that you say wolf and cheetah, and and I know that you're concerned that wolf might be overused, but really, it's only overused if you believe it's overused, because your sona is just a part of who you are. Exactly, and that's why I'm comfortable with using it. <laughs> but like I don't know, it's just you go to any convention or even just the face of furry, it's always um, it's mostly like cats or dogs. And I, I, I kind of want to branch out and make it more creative. Well, I'm not saying it can't be creative, but you know what I mean? Like more like abstract, like out there. And I love how I just use that word and that's my name, but whatever. But um, I'm thinking about having him. I want to have some cool features on him, though. Like, you know how cheetahs have their spots and specs? He's going to have like a king cheetah's design. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they have like these really cool designs on their back. And I'm going to have s certain parts, like certain specs on him shape into different things like maybe like one will be like an, an alien emoji sign or like another can be like a heart or a broken heart or something like that you know like mm -hmm. tattoos but not because they're natural i tend to ramble i'm sorry <laughs> no no it's it's important that we get to know your ideas it's yeah it's, it, it's, it's just again it's part of who you are it's part of who you're wanting to be it, you're the idea of making a sona in the fandom is taking your identity to the next level and to show you know how society needs to see you and how you see yourself so it's not something you need to be afraid of it's not something you need to be ashamed of it's something you need to just embrace and enjoy dude that's a really cool way of putting it <laughs> Because, like, that makes sense, and I've kind of known that, but, like, when you put it in the forefront, it's true. That it's really just, like, the next level of expressing and seeing, like, yourself, you know? That's another exactly. thing I can I can talk about is um, the reason why I love music so much is because it's really legitimately how I express myself. Like, um, at least more of my, like, main music. My fandom music is more for, like, fun of, like, the fandom and the fun of the fan music is where I make all my fun music. But like whenever I make actual like just personal music, it's really just expressing. It's like I don't write music. I write life, you know, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. And a fursuit is a good way of expressing someone, too. Like 
it's art so like i can see that it's a good way i don't know it's just i like how you phrased that and it made me think of it like that now a suit a suit is just an awesome way to bring a character to life disney i think disney is partially to blame for something for this kind of stuff mainly because they were you know they have all these cartoon characters walking around in their parks you know, the yeah. characters that we've known since the 50s. Let me and ask think... you a question, a real quick. Right. Do, you think, do you think the furry fandom would be around if Disney never existed? I do. It would probably be different, but I do believe the fandom would still exist regardless. Hmm. Yeah, Disney... see, I, I watched... Oh, sorry. I was just going to add some context to my question real quick before you answer it, and I'll make it quick, but... um. I saw a documentary about the origins of the furry fandom, and it's like really interesting of how much Disney inspired, or not Disney, mm -hmm. but just early animations with um, with um, cartoon animals. But mm -hmm. you can give your, you can give your, explanation. Yes. Well, you see, it wasn't just Disney or Warner Brothers or Paramount or these other cartoon animators that. You know, they did help inspire the fandom and helped it push it to where it is today. But there is also folklore of creatures, if you will. The Egyptians had anthropomorphic creatures that we will label as their gods, for example. Anubis, a dog that had legs and the upper body of a human, but also had the head of a jackal. True. If you will, Greek mythology, the griffin, if you will. I mean, Disney, in a way, has stolen its ideas from folklore. So, if you will, the furry fandom is inspired by both Disney and folklore. At least in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's just... um when you mentioned the Egyptians and like how they had their um or like like even even back to the Egyptians you said that as your first example right I'm trying to remember mm -hmm. yes, yes yeah they were the original furries <laughs> it's confirmed <laughs> yes it is well no, I mean I just thought that amusing mm -hmm. exactly yeah, no I just found that amusing yeah no that's a good I mean, point we... though <laughs> that is true yes it, I mean, we could go on. We can go on forever about this sort of topic, but uh, we won't drag it out too long because uh, I imagine that you might have other things to do, and I'd hate to keep you here till you know one in the morning. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> I honestly, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm. This is like the biggest thing of my day, so I'm fine. Awesome. All right. Well, heck, I appreciate that you consider this big times. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, next question. Based on your Sona, do you feel it represents your personality, or do you want to be more like it emotionally? Is there anything you feel like sharing from your real life that you also incorporated into your Sona? And granted, we did cover part of this already. Yeah, um... I mean, the only, like I said, I don't know too much about him right now. I'm still kind of finding him. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, his his color scheme is going to be, like, a very light, kind of almost silver, but gray. Mm -hmm. Like, texture with overlaid with his dots, which are which are black, like the default um, cheetahs would be. And that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of a thing, because, like, if you ever see me in person, everything I wear ever is black, white, and gray. Except, and maybe there's an exception at a convention. Maybe I wear something with a little more color, but like normally, like in real life, like I'm looking at my closet right now, and there's not a single <laughs> piece of fabric that is not black, white, gray, silver, or that type of aesthetic. Because like I like to own my aesthetic. I like to try to stick to it. Um, and I don't mean it like in an emo way, but I mean it in like a more um, contemporary way, like a more modern way, and sometimes mm -hmm. an emo way. Sometimes I do like the punk style, but um, mm -hmm. anyway, um, no. So I tried to add that in with my persona, like 
I tried to make him more like a of a contemporary looking like like a very clean like modern uh, cheetah if you will mm-hmm. that's kind of the only like real way I can say I express myself through his design because his design is still being made but yeah right yes and that's perfectly understandable it's not a fully developed you know character just yet it's not your it's not a fully uh it's pretty much in the works (laughs) exactly it's pretty much like you've taken the polaroid picture but it hasn't fully developed yet you're still shaking it around, hoping that the picture will come into view pretty soon. And for those of you who don't remember who Pol- what Polaroid is, it's that camera that, you know, it was your phone. You take a picture of it, and you can actually have the picture in your hand versus it being on a piece of technology. So it's back, for those of you who don't remember... <laughs> back when we had physical pictures, yeah. Sorry if I cut you off. I'm just... I'm no, just, I, no worries. Yeah. No worries. Problem is, there aren't any stop signs to tell you when you're supposed to talk and when you're not supposed to talk. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of gestures, but, you know, it's it's through a call, so it's kind of hard to tell. I just yes. like to talk a lot. No, no, I'm all for that. I'm for that. I appreciate yeah. how much you're sharing so far. And it gives the listeners something to, you know, delve into, just kind of learn about you. And Hell just yeah. to learn Actually, how the fandom, let's say, go ahead. Fun fact, this is my first interview, so hell yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Clapped it up. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And I do appreciate that. It's, I'm awesome. It's, I greatly appreciate you offering your time to, and to even allow me to be your, your first one. I mean, we're just chilling and talking, bro. I mean, that's that's kind of a good vibe to have, if you ask me, you know? Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. All right. This is where it gets a little deeper. Being a furry and or brony, walking among society, do you feel more or less alone than before you became what you are? Has it opened up more opportunities towards making friends? Okay, hold on. Let me process this real quick because I need to like process it before I fully dive into it. So you're saying since I've joined the fandom, mm-hmm. or rather now fandoms with an S, yes. do I feel more or less alone? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I This is a multi-answered question because this is, like yes. you said, it's getting deeper and I have a lot to say. Oh, yes. Take so, your time. Back in 2014, before I joined the fandom, I was always optimistic and, like, looking for sh- stuff, like, looking towards things to, um... Like, like let's say if I met a brony before I was one, I wouldn't have judged him for it. And that's kind of why I became one myself, because I was just really open. Optimistic wasn't the right word. I mean, yeah, I was, but still. You know, I, you know what I mean? I, I was, like, I was more open. That's what I meant to say. So, so, oh man, I always kind of like in life, I kind of kept to myself a lot. Um, I kind of, not like an introvert, but I'm kind of mixed between introverted and extroverted. Like I'm very, I can be very extroverted if I'm talking with somebody, but if I'm not around people, then I can be very introverted, which makes no sense, but bear with me. So, to the actual question, um, do I feel more or less alone? I don't feel, I feel like the fandom and MLP and, you know, I guess now the furry fandom kind of add to something that can keep me entertained. I mean, we're literally doing this podcast right now. If I, if, if I wasn't in the fandom, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't have my music or or my group i wouldn't have people i met at conventions and all that so it's hard to say if i like would just be hanging out with normal like normie friends or if i'd be out doing stuff like this if i'd be more or less alone um but i mean i at the at the place i'm at right now with everything that i can say is that i've made friends 
through the fandom. I've had memories with the people, constantly talk with them, work and make projects. And I feel really content with where I'm at with that now. I can't like, I can't really say if I, if I never was in the fandom, like without it all, if I'd be any better off or not. But um, actually I'm gonna dive into that too. This is just turning into a spiral of wormholes. Because the fun fact about it is, like, I feel like the question is saying, like, if I, because I'm in the fandom, does it avoid other people from talking to me? You know, like, mm -hmm. it has its, it has its benefits because I can make friends in the fandom, but would people judge me and not want to be my friend because I'm in the fandom? And to that, I, I have to say, I really don't care <laughs> about people <laughs> that are going to judge me for something that's like this. So... I actually took it to the point where one time in school, um, I'm finishing up like my last year of high school, but like sophomore year, um, we had this pajama day and I got this rainbow dash onesie from like uh, My Little Pony mystery box. Mm -hmm. And I put it on and I brought a rainbow dash plushie and I wore it around all day, like as, pr as proud as ever. <laughs> in all my classes, I worked out in it. I was playing basketball, I was breaking people's ankles in it. You know what I mean? I was mm -hmm. like, I was just wearing it with pride because it's like, I didn't care what people thought at all. You know, if people don't want to talk to me or be friends with me because I'm a brony, then I don't need them in my life anyway. You know, I want to be surrounded around people that get it. I so, I mean, and I feel like even without the fandom, I would want some people that are more open-minded. So without the fandom, yeah. No, I, I either way, I'm I'm searching for people that I can relate to. Like I said, deeper question, longer answer. Right on. Yeah. I can appreciate that. That's that's a good way of answering that. I do appreciate that. That's wonderful. <laughs> I tend to be very deep sometimes. I, I, I think a lot. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's... I'm... I'm kind of stuck. I'm kind of speechless at the moment because that's just that's just amazing that you know that he was able to go in so deep into that question, be able just to it. You it's you're doing a little bit of soul searching as well, so it's a matter of you know is this something I really want to do? You know, for the rest of my life, is this something I really want to be part of? So yeah, I do appreciate that he was able to go into so much depth on that. And I'm sure whoever listens to this will, will appreciate it as well. I hope For so. Those. <laughs> this, it's going to get just a little bit harder now. It's all good, man. Like I said, I, bring it on. All right. Next question. During your day-to-day, -day, since becoming part of either fandom, what are some things that you started doing differently in your life? Ooh, okay. Honestly, I don't really do anything much different. I, I well, okay, that's 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 different to say, because I've been in the fandom for so long that it's like, it's just my daily life anyway. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, I at a certain point, I used to wake up every morning and watch a certain episode of MLP before I went to school. Um, just as I was getting ready. I mean, that was like kind of for a few months. Um, but I mean, I don't really do that anymore. But like, we're talking from 2014 to now. It's kind of like every day is just kind of the same. I can't even imagine or remember what it was like without the fandom. Um, and it doesn't really change that much in my day, to be honest. Like, I think the only difference is that I'd probably listen to a few songs, some good songs from like MLP or Pony Artist. Or um, maybe I'll 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 bring it up with some friends, but like I don't really do too much out of the norm um, towards the community just in everyday life. Like the most I'll probably do is like I'll listen to I'll, I'll I'll watch an episode or listen to some media about the fandom or things that are going on in it. Or um, oh, actually that's a lie. I actually I I'm. A, I have a lot of OCs and I role play a lot, so that takes up a lot of my time. Um, 
But other than that, like, it's just um, making music and listening to music and seeing what's up with the fandom. If I, other than, yeah, like, it's just those things. Other than that, it's just, like, everyday life anyway. It's pretty much just the norm. Now, you mentioned role play. Yeah. So, would you say that it's opened up a door for your story writing capabilities? Potentially. You see, the thing that's fun about roleplay is if you have, like, a good plot or if you had a good story going, then, you know, it, it becomes, like, super addicting. Like, mm-hmm. I've had several where it's become, like, like I wanted to turn it into a story because it was, like, so good and everything was just falling in place. It's hard to find someone that actually knows how to roleplay that good, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, that's one of my things I appreciate with the community and, like, with both fandoms is, like, roleplay is a thing. It's, like, and, and fan fiction and, and, and just, just, like, all this art. You know what I mean? It's, like, all this this uh, media and this art that's available. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad to know that it doesn't stop there with just music, then. Sounds yeah. like to me, you could probably maybe even shoot for writing your own novels maybe one day potentially but i mean i've okay that just reminded me of the (laughs) oh no (laughs) that just reminded me of the time i tried writing a fanfic back in 2014 oh (laughs) no that was bad man i i tried writing a fanfic about my old oc and um my original oc i i oh man the cursed images in my mind um <laughs> it was a let's just say it was a very cursed fanfic it it was like four pages long it was about my oc my original oc back in back then his name was passive i've oh rest and rest <laughs> his soul anyway um no it was about him living in um manhattan and trying to figure out like what to do like I was like figuring out what the story would be while writing it in the process and it was just bad (laughs) I don't know man I mean like I'm not that much into like writing um like stories but sometimes when I'm role-playing with someone like a really good story comes up and I'm like hell yeah this would be a great story (laughs) yeah exactly it it is fun it is yeah, I say I have also experimented with role playing as well, and it's amazing if you find the right person or people to bounce the ideas off. You can, it's amazing what you'd be able to accomplish. That's what's fun, you know, like just like the back and forthness of it is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yes. Hmm. Sorry, I had to just kind of reflect on that just a little bit. It kind of took me back. To uh, to some good times I've had. Sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> you just got a little nostalgic on me. That's all good, man. Yep, yeah. yeah. Safe I for work, of course. Worse. Not. Yeah, we're all good. No, um, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to. Um, what was I even saying? No, I was just gonna say like I have at least one nostalgic memory a day, and I'm just like, dang, I don't know. <laughs> Makes you appreciate the past even more, doesn't it? You know, that's an interesting thing to say because, like, you never know. You could be in the future looking back on the moments that you're living currently, thinking and reminiscing on that on the moment you're currently in, so make the most of it, right? Like, appreciate these <laughs> times because they could be the good ones. That's an awesome saying. Could you say that one more time, please? Appreciate these times because they could be the good way up. Hold on. How did I even say? I don't even remember. (laughs) It's like appreciate the times you're currently in because you could look back on them and they could be the good ones that you remember. (laughs) I'm going to have to remember that. That's. I mean, it's going to be recorded, so. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, we are to our last question. Oh, really? That was quick. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, time goes if by I, when I'm having fun. Exactly. 
yeah, if we make the interviews too long, then people tend to uh, get a little tired. And I prefer no, my I prefer my guests to be lively, fun, and happy. That's completely understandable. Yeah. How long do you say we're like into this so far? Uh, forty-three minutes. Okay. Sweet. Yep. Yeah, I got the timer here in front of me, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. So what's the next question? And this one is going to be a little tricky for you. If you met someone who was new to the furry fandom, and they didn't really know what to do or where to start, what would you say to them? So this is very interesting because I have had this moment a lot. Um, like, a lot, a lot. Like, normally I'm the one that describes it to people. Like, at BronyCon, there was somebody that stopped me, and they're like, oh, what is all of this about? And I'm like... And I even put this in my vlog on YouTube. It's, um, we were walking towards the elevator and someone stopped me. And I was like, oh, it's just, um, it's a fandom that celebrates My Little Pony. Um, well, no, I don't even start with that. Like, if you were asking me what a brony is right now, I'd be like, okay, so it's a fan of My Little Pony, or at least the current version of it. It's, um, it's a group of people on that have gathered to celebrate. Pony, I that was very bad. Normally, I'm better at this. <laughs> no worries. So I don't know. Let me think real quick. So like, if if people were to ask me, like, like my Uber driver when I was at MFF. Um, by the way, I just got back from MFF like a week ago, so that's why it's in context. But like my Uber <laughs> driver when I was there, he asked me like about it, and I explained it like, and I was like pretty good about it. So I normally just kind of go over how it's a, a group of people that come together and celebrate um such and such um they want to you know they have their persona like i'll explain it like they have their personas it's their characters it's kind of like their avatars and um it's basically just a bunch of friends that get together and have fun you know that's how <laughs> i explain it there's like a lot of ways to explain these things <laughs> um yeah there's like a short and long version for me Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And because I know that this question is is a little challenging for you to answer, mainly because with the furry fandom, you yourself are pretty you know fairly new to it. You haven't really had a chance to soak your soak your paws, so to speak. But so with the go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say so. I'm I'm new to the furry fandom, like as in a being into it, but I'm not new to the idea of it, like. I've kind of like beat around the bush for the fandom for a long time. I just mm. am now diving in and saying, yes, I am a furry. Like, so I'm not like, I'm not foreign to it, but like, um, I am like new as in the terms of, I am like a proud fur, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not to cut uh, you off. No, no, no worries. No worries. No, 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 uh, no. You good? <laughs> now, with you being new to the fandom, to well, again, like you said, with the fandom itself, the furry fandom, was there anyone? And I'm going to say the bad word here. Was there any pop you furs who caught your eye? Okay, so. MFF was my first furry convention, you know, um, mm -hmm. I was looking, I went there with the expectation because like, like I said, I've kind of known about the fandom for a while. I, I've, I'm subscribed to a few furry um, YouTubers and I'm, and I really was hoping to meet them at MFF and I was mm -hmm. hoping to meet like Candy Paws, uh, Majura and maybe Boltma. But at the time I figured that was kind of a stretch because like, I don't know what's up with his suit. I don't know if you know. But, like, I don't know. Anyway, those are, like, three furs that I've, I've always kind of, like, watched for a long time. Like, even before I, my first, con well, probably around the time, I was going to say even before my first brony convention, I've kind of followed those furs. But, um, I don't know. I haven't really seen that many poppy furs, you know. Is that is that the right term? <laughs> yeah, I haven't really seen that many. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is the right term. Uh 
I mean, the problem is being a quote-unquote popular in the fandom is that whenever you're at a convention in suit, you will have people around you. For yeah. I mean, anyone like uh, I don't know if you know them or not, Nos Hyena, for example, uh, Majira. I mean, Majira. I didn't even see them, and I'm I'm pretty sure they were there somewhere. Do you but think they were? Because, like, I was asking around and people were, like, looking for him, too. But, like, I think people were saying he didn't go to this con. I'm not sure if he did or didn't. I He was there last year, but I don't know if he was there this year. Uh, yeah. I do know that the one, the one quote-unquote popular that I do know of is Nasaina. And they were there, but it wasn't possible for me to get even close enough to get even a picture. So it's it's a challenge. Even you're you're. What's funny is is that these furs, these suitors, they don't seek attention, but they just make really good content. They make content that appeals to the fandom, and then the fandom, unfortunately, you know, turns them into icons which they weren't even seeking to be and now they're mm -hmm. forced to be they're forced to be representations for the fandom even if that wasn't their original goal so it's kind of a it's kind of a double-edged sword if you will you're either yeah. not popular and you do all this work to put out content or you're overly popular and you you're putting out you know really good content so, I mean, you see, you that's just... that's the thing, because like when people go out there and try to seek fame and they're making their content with the idea of getting like famous, it's not for their own benefit. It's more just, you know, it's it's more just because they want that fame. They want that. Um, that attention, rather. Um, but when you're making like genuine content just because you like it and enjoy it, you know, like when the motive is that you like it and, and enjoy it and that's why you, um, you're, you're there making your content, then that's when stuff becomes really good. And that's when you actually do get a following. It's, it's because when you're making it because you like it, it's, it's a lot more motivating to make it in the first place and you'll make more of it and you'll make it better. And that's when you do blow up is when you're not even trying. So like, that's how, that's how it happens. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's any kind, any kind of position you take in entertainment, in, in the entertainment business community, if you will, it will always be a struggle. And you it's up to you to decide are you doing this for yourself or are you doing this for others yeah because exactly. at, mm -hmm. because at some point one is going to replace the other and the minute you stop thinking about others and start thinking about yourself is the time that you need to start you know thinking maybe it's time to stop or change your perspective because that's a very easy way to lose either your own morals or your friends or both yeah it's just it's not a good foundation to build your platform on if you're seeking fame um it's solely if you're making content just to get famous and I mean, it's just like you said that it pretty much everything you just said, actually. I agree. Exactly. Anyways, before we get too depressing, uh, uh, got a little too real, I think. That was my fault. Um, no, no, no. It's cool <laughs> because like good question, deep questions are good questions, too. Mm hmm. Do you have any final comments for yourself? Anything um, else you I'm, care to share? I am currently on a spinning chair and it's fun.
<laughs> that's 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 a, my comment for the moment. Uh, for those who view this, are there any conventions that you might appear as a singer in the future? Oh, okay. So, um, I haven't applied yet, but I'm trying to get into Winnie City this year, and I'm trying to go really big on that one. So, like, I'm okay. So. I've been saying this for like six months, but I'm trying to release this album, 808s is Magic. It's gonna be a collection of just different albums, I, different songs I've I've built up, like I've told you, they're kind of just sitting around. Um, I've built up for like the past year in the fandom of just rap songs I've, and collaborations I've made. And I wanna put it out. And then right after I put it out, Winnie City's gonna happen. And I want to premiere it at Winnie City, or if not, premiere a whole new set so not only is it 808s is magic on the left but then at winnie city whole new set of new songs for the whole convention and just for that performance and maybe future ones but like winnie city pony con i'm going I'm, if i make it in i'm going hard i'm going big i will be performing like i've never had before um just because i've been looking forward to this year of this con because i love this con to death and then potentially, like, after that, I don't really have any convention plans. I mean, I'll, I'll try to go to MFF every year um, just because it's right there for me. And, like, I like it. I made friends. Um, I was hoping to see if I can get to Babs, but it's, like, a week right before or after Winnie City. It's, like, really close. Right now, it's just Winnie City. Um, I'll be, oh, at TrotCon. TrotCon. Anyways, come to TrotCon. I'll be there with I'm, my group, SFTH, will be performing. Just anywhere my group's at, man. That's when, well, that's when I'm going to be performing. I'm going to try to make it with my group. Alright. Uh, which one's TrotCon? TrotCon in, um, I think it's Columbus, Ohio. I know it's in Ohio. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's a newer pony convention in Ohio. It's like the it's it's gonna be big this year. It's like so after BronyCon ended, they said anyway, come to TrotCon, and that meme kicked off. And I feel like that meme's gonna like blow this convention up this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because BronyCon, it's not happening anymore at all, is it? No, and they're trying to find a new place for it, like the Eastern convention scene. It's crazy for it to be, it went on for eight years, and now it's just, boop. Yeah, I know, man. Like, as soon as I joined the fandom, me and my friends that originally got me in the fandom, they're no longer in the fandom, but when we were all in the fandom, we were, like, planning on going to BronyCon. Like, I thought to myself, at some point, all of us, because, you know, it was me and my group at the time, all of us have mm -hmm. to go to BronyCon. If not, I do. I have to. At some point in life, it was like my biggest goal on my bucket list. And when I heard it was ending, the very minute I heard it was ending, I immediately started planning it out, how I was going to save for it. I saved up all summer long because at the time I was just work like business was slow. I wasn't making a lot of money, but I saved up all summer. I saved up as much as I could. I think I saved a few thousand and then I just went out. I went out, man, and I lived nice. it up. So, I mean, no, but like it was one of those conventions that... I legitimately thought to myself, um, at some point, everyone should try to step in there. It's like the Brony Haven convention. You know, it's it's the, the con. So I couldn't oh, even yeah. believe it when I heard it was over. Mm -hmm. Well, at least you got the chance to perform at the last one. That too. That was like a weird thing that happened. <laughs> I wasn't even planning on that. And it just kind of happened like... I was on the page how? and it said, <laughs> "Oh, were you gonna ask that?" Yeah, how did that? How how did that all come to fruition? How did that like? Where did you start to end up on the stage? Okay, so with my group, we performed at the Renegade stage, and that was my first time performing at BronyCon. Um, I think it was a Friday, but um, we performed at Renegade stage because like it's our group, and we just kind of got up there and did it, and that was fun. But for the actual, like, the talent show performance, the one on main stage, it was the talent show. So I went on the, um, I went on the BronyCon page because I was constantly looking at it because I was budgeting and planning and stuff. And it said, like, it mentioned their talent show. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And I, I looked deeper into it. 
and I just submitted my first song I've ever made on my channel. It, it's um, it's Star Store. I, I submitted that song to them, and they liked it, and I and they accepted me, and I was in the talent show. They sent me a um an email saying I was in. So I was like, I was like, heck yeah! And then I made a whole new song for it, and that's when I made FIM um, for the actual show, and then made a video to it or I had my friend on Instagram help me uh, make a video to it um, and it just all came together and I was like so so like even now just thinking about it like performing on main stage at BronyCon dude for the last one it didn't even I would I would have never guessed that if I would have thought about that when I first joined the fandom while you were on the stage did you experience any kind of stage fright because I didn't see it no, um, so the thing about me in performing is I've performed all my life. I've been performing in like different like every since early elementary school I've done every talent show I could get I could get in. And I no longer have um stage fright just because I've conquered it within myself. So like um originally like early on I did I I had it really bad, but like what I would do is the beat would start playing and I would start with my first few lyrics and then it would just go and I would no longer worry about it. Nowadays, like when I got, by the time I got to middle school, I still felt that tenseness in my chest from like the, the fear, but it just turned into a smile. Like instead of just like backing down, I just smiled and, and, and went on with it. And, um, then at, I had, um, cause I used to do like every single time show I could, I did a big performance for my school and it was the entire school there. And it was like a few thousand, like a thousand people or something like that. It was my biggest performance at the time. And it was interesting because when you're performing for a bigger crowd like that, it doesn't even feel like people are watching you at all. It's kind of like you're just doing it in your bedroom. And ever since then, I, that's kind of how every performance has felt. It's just kind of like I'm comfortable, like I'm in my room type of feeling. I don't feel stage fright no more. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Frankly, because I don't think I could do the same thing that you did. <laughs> of course, I haven't been performing all my life, so uh, I give you props I don't for that. I don't think you need to. If you just perform and you get comfortable with it, like over several different performances, then you'd then you'd be fine with it. You know, it's like at first, it's it's always it's like the first time you do it, it's really really hard. The second time you do it, it's still hard, but not as much. And, and and so on like you kind of get used to it as it goes um mm -hmm. it's like it's like it's a it's a it's a really intimidating stranger but you get to know that it's actually not that bad you know like it's actually a nice nice person it's a friend it's not you know that's that's a weird way to put it but you know that's the best way i can i guess watching the video seeing it i don't know who it is, but the announcer that brings you yeah, that was, center of the stage. I mean, you look out on that crowd and you have such a look of confidence that I, I mean, you already know what you're doing. I was just so happy, man. Like I was at BronyCon. I was happy to just be at BronyCon, not even performing, but performing at BronyCon. I didn't even care about the talent show winning or not. I just wanted to be, I just was glad for that moment because I've prepared for that moment for so long and I've, you know, thought and like imagined how BronyCon would be for so long and I was like there and I was just kind of like living in the moment um but like a really interesting thing is um closing ceremonies I didn't even I didn't even get any like sadness or post-con depression um because the thing about it that's cool is like like some people did some I saw some people crying and some people were really sad because it's the last BronyCon and stuff but um the thing that was really interesting is right after they closed everything up and everyone was leaving and i and i took another look back and i even have this on my channel i'm sorry is the microphone setting good i'm, I'm kind of like looking at my wall <laughs> no no you're fine you're fine you're good okay cool you can hear me okay so no as i was like looking back like i turned around and as i said that last i love you ronicon um it just like the overall vibe of being there stuck with me. I, it never felt like I left BronyCon, even though I walked out, got on a plane and came back. 
it still felt like I was at the convention. And it's like, it, it kind of feels like it, it like lives on through the fandom. And like, I have accepted that as corny as it sounds. I've, ex- I've accepted that BronyCon lives on through, through, um, through the community and through its people and just interactions. So I don't know. I, that's like, I legitimately like felt it. Like I never, instead of feeling sad, I felt like a happiness. Instead of saying goodbye to a friend, it was pretty much more like you'd won the race, in a sense. I can't come up with a better analogy at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel you, though. Um, It's pretty much right. I mean, it happened, and I was happy about it. I was, I wasn't sad that I was, I wasn't sad that it was over. I was happy that it happened, you know? Yeah. It would have been, you would have had more regrets if you didn't go. The show ending, that's different. (laughs) So (laughs) the show ending, I watched it at my, in my room and I, oh God, when I, when I watch an episode of MLP for the first time, like a new one, I freak out like, like, you know, a super dad, like, like a super fan of, um, of sports when they're at the bar, just like, and like their teams down and they stand up and they start screaming at the TV and stuff, like how the amp they get. That's how I mm-hmm. am when I watch a new episode of MLP or at least rest in peace MLP. That just, mm-hmm. I just took a second. But anyway, I yeah. watched it in my room and I was freaking out. I even recorded my action. I just, I haven't posted it or I probably won't post it cause it's so old, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway. I watched it and I didn't cry, but I almost did at the last montage. And then um, I went to Ponyville Cider Fest um, and we watched it there, like a, the screening. And that mm-hmm. last montage got me so hard. I, I actually, I, I'm not afraid to say it, man. I actually like cried my eyes out. Like, like I actually was like, I had to cover my face and wipe my tears and stop, <laughs> stop bawling. <laughs> Because this show that has gotten me through so much and I've been with for so long, it just like, it, it hit me. I was thinking in my mind, goodbye, Rainbow Dash. Goodbye, Applejack. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> it actually felt like a goodbye. And I don't know, that one, that one actually hit me. But BronyCon, it felt like it never really left me. I can understand every bit of that. Oh man, yeah. now you got me going. <sighs> It's it's funny how it makes you feel like we're losing these characters. How this when the show ended, it made us made us feel like, oh my gosh, we'll never have these characters again. But it's so weird to think that you know we've become so attached to just this small group of Technicolor ponies in such a short time in our lives that they affect us in a way like. We're just losing the like the best friends we've ever had in this world, but you know, you know what really hit me though, um, just whenever whenever they had something that made you look back, like when Twilight opened up the like you know for anyone that's ever seen this, um, if not spoiler alert here, um, <laughs> but I mean you should have seen it, but if you haven't. Anyway, when Twilight opens up the book um, at the very end of I think the first part. Or no, the th- no, the third episode and halfway through it or whatever. Her cor- mm-hmm. her coronation. They give her a book and it flips back to all the old memories. And you see like season one episodes in there and stuff. Just things like that that reminds you of how far they've come and how much. And it just shows the depth of the show. And then like at the very end when they have the ponies jumping around and it has like all the other background characters and all the other characters that we've made fix about and we've wrote songs about and that mm-hmm. we have like, you know, just all these characters in the background. And it's like, it's taking MLP and all of its glory with all of its memories we had of it from be- the beginning to the end, putting it there and then saying goodbye. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me when I watched it. It just hit me hard. Same. Yeah. I love that. And, I mean, I granted, I might be dragging this out a little bit, but it's, the show, it was one of the few shows 
that not only kept to its morals, but at the same time appealed to the fandom. It... I mean, again, spoilers for those who haven't seen this. If you don't want to hear this, mute your mics now. Or mute your headphones now, yes. The... the I mean, the ships, for example. We got... Pinkie Pie and Cheese Sandwich having a quote-unquote kid, and we also had Fluttercord on the finale. Mm. So, I mean... I'm sorry, I feel like Flutter, I feel like Fluttercord was left for interpretation also with the Rainbow Dash, um, or no, the Apple Dash. Um, I feel like those two were left for interpretation. But at the same mm -hmm. time, they're like really suggested. Like it's kind of like in the episode 100 when Lyra Bon Bon, like did mm -hmm. the. <laughs> it's just kind of like teasing it, but um, no the 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 cheese sandwich pinky one that's that's confirmed. That's like well, one one billion percent confirmed. I just gotta mm -hmm. say for everyone watching this, rest in peace. If your wife was pinky pie, she's been stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there were a lot of broken hearts with, you know... With Maud? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways. I suppose this would be a good time to end it. But I do appreciate your time here with us. Appreciate all your insight. And your wonderful time here. Has not been wasted in the least. It has enlightened me. And I hope it has enlightened you as well. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been fun. <laughs> well, that was the wonderful and the rapping Pony Abstract. We thank them, and for you, for joining us here on Suiting Up for Life. Hope to see you next time, here on the Omega Republic. Later.